the best copy isn't written, it's found. It's just going and taking the time to do that research piece and being able to talk to people in real life, whether that is even just like a simple voice message over Instagram, like I have uncovered the greatest stuff hidden on there. You can't grow your business profitability until you know where your customers come from. Make smarter decisions with unparalleled first-party data and machine learning models that track the customer journey across every channel, all collected for you by Northbeam. Visit northbeam.io to request a demo today. Hey, Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am a millennial and a marketer, so I feel like I'm where I'm meant to be. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you've been in marketing for a few years now, and you got into copywriting. How, how did you get into this, the journey of marketing and copywriting? You know, a lot of us, it's kind of a wayward story. I mean, it definitely was with me. I was actually working as a designer in a jewelry company. And they started asking me like, hey, can you write some emails for us? Like, oh, can you also like write a website? And because, you know, in smaller businesses, everyone sort of like takes on odd jobs. That was like my odd job instead of like cleaning the toilet. So I was like, score, <laughs> I would way rather write something. And then from there, I actually ended up working for a billion dollar organization. And one of the roles that was not originally part of my job with social media because it was just like really beginning to take off. So they're like, oh, you can also do social. You can also like look after, you know, tweet, all this sort of stuff. So from there, smaller businesses started coming to me because they're like, hey, like you seem to be rocking the social thing. Do you think you can also help us as well? And I was like, sure, I'll start taking clients on the side. That's great for me. And that was sort of like the real beginning of my business. And then those people started producing online courses and they're like, hey, do you mind, like, do you think you could help us sell this course sort of thing? So I really fell in backwards. I was like, yeah, I, I used to work in sales and jewelry. And then now I do this writing thing. So I guess I just sort of like mush the two together. <laughs> and then that's how I discovered this whole world that sales copy and I just started working with bigger and bigger clients. So I've worked with like multi-million dollar businesses now um, with their online courses and programs. So now I just, I for many years now, I've been sort of like the specialist for sales copy for both the sales page and the sales email. So yeah, I felt in backwards and I love it. You could tell you're very passionate about like sales copywriting and, and sales. Um, what makes a good sales page or good sales copywriting and what's different from traditional like content marketing? They're very often linked together and there's so many similarities, but there's always a goal. There's always an action we want them to take the conversion. So whether that's like to click a link, to opt in for something, to buy something. So instead of content where we may not nest, our goal may be simply to educate or inform or entertain we take it one step further and then we have that measurable deliverable where we're like, okay, we need to make this thing happen. Very oftentimes, it's not about what we want to say about our offers. It's about what clients and buyers need to hear. And that is the biggest thing for people that they need to wrap their head around. 
Um, I was actually doing some research for a product yesterday. So I just like looking at the competition to see like, hey, what are what are they saying about similar offers, right? Like knowing what the sort of common narrative and rhetoric is in that niche is so helpful to have like a jumping off point. And, you know, they've clearly done some research as well. So you can sort of like level up and piggyback on what they've already done. But what was crazy is I looked at so many different pages and it was not focused on what the outcome is at all. It was just sort of talking about the features of the offer instead of talking about like, what is it going to help that person do by having it? Like people don't really care about all the knickknacks and doodads and fancy technology pieces that your offer has. They want to know how it's going to help them. And if we keep that at the forefront of our minds, whenever we're writing copy, it's always going to be a good North Star and keep us on the right track. So many people that I see too, especially in B2B, focus on features. They don't care about the end result. How do you go figuring out, like, what is your process of figuring out what the actual pain points that people care about are? That customer research piece is so important. And it's one of the ones that sort of gets tossed to the wayside more often than not. And occasionally I am hired to actually do that piece to go talk to people that worked with them, the people who have bought from them and interview them to find out those pain points. But very often I actually get my clients to do that work for me because of course they have a connection with them, whether that is simply they bought and they have an email to email them with, or maybe they personally worked with them as a, like a one-on-one client. So I'll give them a list of questions that we need to ask them to find out what those pain points are. And sometimes it's not even after the fact that the research is best. Sometimes it's at the moment of buying. So for example, one thing I always like to get people to put into their onboarding system when someone has bought something is I get them to ask, hey, why did you buy? Like, what is the reason? What was the impetus that made someone decide, hey, now's the time. Now's the time that I needed it. When you're able to sort of collect those, all of that data about like, this is what exactly was the reason that someone purchased. Because asking someone who purchased three months ago or six months ago, they typically have forgotten that in the moment burning pain. (laughs) Whereas we want to really focus on that and understand, hey, what's going through their minds just at that very moment where they click the buy button. So having that as either part of the email onboarding system or even like the thank you page um, after somebody is purchased where they can fill out a form and say, why they actually bought can give you so much information about what you should actually include in your sales process, because those are the thoughts and the things that are people are experiencing who have purchased. So we want to replicate that same experience on our sales copy. The key there is it's hard to for people to go back and remember what they were doing two years ago or what their pain point was in the moment that they they bought a product or bought a service. So asking them in real time what they're buying problem is, is so crucial. I think people forget that when they always say like, talk to customers, I always say, what about potential buyers or buyers that didn't buy or get their perspective instead of just thinking about the customers who did buy? Because then you're just isolating a huge group of people who didn't buy or are trying to buy right now. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, if only like two to 3% of people are buying, then 
you know, there's like 98 to 97% of the people who didn't buy it, like you said. And one of the best questions you can ask is like, hey, why didn't they buy? What was missing from the experience, from the expectations, from the copy? What what did people need to understand about this offer in order for them to realize like, oh, I need this. This is going to help me. So yeah, in talking to those people can be so incredibly valuable and enlightening to find, you know, what the gaps are in your own copy. Since competition has gone greater and greater, what are some challenges or things to think about when creating a sales page to even differentiate yourself more or get someone to buy? Like even in the software space, for example, you see every year that chart, even in MarTech, how it goes, was 1,000 technologies and now it's 15,000 technologies. So how... Do you combat that and become better and better and differentiating? A hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) You make me laugh when you're talking about like the technology piece, like how (laughs) many all in one email service providers are there? Like they literally all sound the same. And to a point, like it is the small differences that are going to win people, right? Like it's, we often try to look for like those big differentiators, but they might not exist. It might just be in the tiny little cracks that really help. Like, for example, going back to that email example, MailChimp is for people who are just starting out. They really own that market. They make it super accessible um, in multiple ways for the price point. They make it accessible in terms of feeling friendly and fun and less like technology than other ones are. And then we look at Active Campaign. And again, it does a lot of the things that the other ones do, but they really, really hone in on the whole concept of like the automations and the funnels and getting really dialed in into that sort of stuff. So even though your offer might be so similar to other ones, um, again, it, it really is about talking to your people and going like, hey, what what made this one seem different? And sometimes it's just you as a business owner, like we can't discount the fact that sometimes it's just like people are like, I don't know, I was just drawn to you. Like it was just your vibe. And sometimes it's like you need to go and dig a little bit deeper to be like, oh, what? Like, do you know what about that it was? So I had a client, we just did that. Like she had a few people who were like, oh, I don't know. Like you were just, there was something about you that was different than the other people who were teaching the exact same thing. And it turns out it's because she goes very in-depth in her marketing. She's very highly specific. So that actually is a form of social proof. We call it demonstrative social proof. Whereas instead of saying surface level, you're actually really giving super detailed information, which shows people you're the real deal. You know what you're talking about. You're not going to stay at the surface level stuff that everybody else is talking about. Like you can talk to it at a really nuanced level that very few people can A, either they don't even have the capacity to do that, or B, they're too scared to actually do that in their marketing and set themselves apart. So another thing is, is like thinking about sales copy, not just on the page, but actually going, tying it back to the content piece and realizing that content can help us sell and it can really set up the sale by doing those things like talking about things in depth, those differentiators that show that, that, you know, your product is really helpful. And sometimes it's the simplest thing. Like, I think we've all known the, um, 
the cigarette classic example where it's like they said it's toasted, like the, I don't know, the the leaves. I don't know anything about cigarettes aside from this marketing example. And all cigarettes have toasted leaves, (laughs) but it's just because they decided to focus on it that it made it seem really special and unique, even though it's like they all have it. So sometimes it's just about highlighting the things that for you don't seem very interesting, but for your buyers, they actually are. Yeah, one of my friends always says, figure out your only statement up front. Like, what are the only thing that you do? Because like you said, you can go to five sites and see all-in-one email software, but when you, you want them to the research done for them at the first line. So if if you say all in one, they see that all the time. If you say email software that does X, Y, and Z or does X, then it changes their mentality of, oh, okay, this is what they actually, like, this is what makes this company better than other companies. 100%. Yeah, it's just really identifying the specifics. And you as the expert or the owner or whatever your position is, sometimes it's really hard to see it because for us, we're like, of course it does that, right? Like it's very oftentimes the things that are standout to our buyers are so obvious for us. Sometimes we don't even talk about it. Like we're just like, yeah, of course. (laughs) So that's when it's like talking to, to people and seeing like, oh, they think this is really important. Okay, we need to talk about that. And we can talk about that being the X factor, the the X thing that we do. <laughs> what is a marketing hill that you would die on? <laughs> Probably customer research. I feel like I talk about it all the time because it is so important and I get people to do so much of it. But it uncovers gold all the time that like literally I have goosebumps thinking about it. Like the things that we uncover by talking to our clients, it not only makes our copy more effective, it also makes it so much easier to write to the point where I have like a little product called copy and paste copy because it's talking about how we're able to get that feedback from people and literally just paste it on the page. Like some of the best performing copy I've ever written, I always say like the best copy isn't written, it's found. It's just going and taking the time to do that research piece and being able to talk to people in, you know, in real life, whether that is even just like a simple voice message over Instagram, like I have uncovered the greatest stuff hidden on there. Um, Jumping on a call like this, you can even have like I call it a round table. You can have like five people, five clients on a call and just like shoot the breeze with them, ask them their opinions. And what's really fun about that is they can play off of each other because sometimes, you know, when you're like, you say something and then someone says something else and you're like, oh yeah, totally. That, that reminds me. Blah, 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 blah. So it can sort of create its own momentum when you get some people in the same room together, whether that's physically or digitally. Um, it's such a great way to be able to you know, have them really shoulder the load for you. Um, And then also makes your copy faster because you don't necessarily have to start from scratch. You have now a foundation that you can build on because they've, they've given you the meat of what you need to work with. Are you still struggling to adapt your digital marketing strategies in the wake of iOS 14.5? Northbeam uses robust first-party data and advanced machine learning models to give you an unparalleled view of the customer journey. Join the hundreds of brands using Northbeam to crack the code to profitable growth. 
Go to northbeam.io to request a demo now. Mention the Marketing Millennials when you sign up. One thing I really love that you said is the best copy is found, which I I totally agree with that because I feel what Dave Gearhart, who's a good friend of mine, always says like he's not the best copywriter. He, he just is the best at understanding customers and get getting the taking their words and putting it up front. Okay. So some people are better actual copywriters that could just massage words and but some people are just really good at putting insights that they put together that makes compelling copy which is obviously you have to know copywriting but if you combine the two superpowers of actually knowing how to do customer research and writing i think that's the key to like the greatest copywriters I hear people tell me all the time, they're like, oh, I can't write copy because I'm not creative. I'm like, copy is actually very not super creative. (laughs) It's quite like, like you said, it's more about psychology and research than it is about like writing skills or like people be like, oh, I don't have good grammar. I'm like, excellent. You're way ahead of the game with copy because like we desecrate all that stuff. So um, a lot of people will have these like mental barriers as to like why they may not be good at copy, but when actually it puts them ahead of the pack and actually means that they're going to be better at copy than other people who are, you know, professional writers or went to schools to study creative writing or things like that. What is one trend that you're seeing that marketers should jump on right now? The way that user-generated influencer style content, the way it's being used, I think is just going to keep getting more important Because they've done such a great job at codifying how to show how something works. Like they're really great at that. Whereas, you know, copy is good at telling how it works. I think the combination of the showing and the telling. So like I always recommend that people have some sort of video on the sales page. And I think mimicking the same styles where you're actually like you're showing something, whether that you have a physical product or you have a digital product and you can like show your iPad and scroll through it and then show the results of somebody who has used it and what they're able to do now. So that is the trend that I see really taking hold. And I think it's great because I mean, we see if we look at like QBC, like shopping channel, they've done that forever. Not saying we want to go that style, but you know, showing that it works. There's a lot of Areas outside of just like our very narrow definition (laughs) of like copy that I think we can pull from and bring it more to the forefront and using different mediums in copy as well, where it's not just about the words, but using a video to to demonstrate, using a GIF to give us a quick explanation about something or visuals, whether you have like, you know, text on an image so you can point things out. It's really helpful to be able to cross the the chasm and include these different mediums to help explain your offer in a way that people are going to receive it best. I think it's so important to show, don't tell. A lot of people just want to know when they're coming to buy what this does, how is it going to help me? And they don't want all these tricks and bells and whistles they just want to say okay what is this product what are going to do for me how is this better than other products because they they're in comparison mode 
And if you give that up front and let them do the research for them, they don't have to go anywhere else. And it's just so crazy because a lot of people just hide all that on their sales page. Here's a, a really good one is that the bells and whistles thing. Very often we feel like we have to cram so much into our offers or our products or whatever, but sometimes it's just that one thing that people care about. They don't care about the rest of it. To the point where like I had a client who was doing a launch and she's like, you know, she wasn't even my client. She came to me for support while her launch was happening and was like, hey, my launch not working. What can I do? What's going wrong here? And I said, hey, let's go talk to those people who aren't buying, <laughs> bringing it back full circle to our conversation. And it turns out that the people, they weren't interested in the main offer, but they were interested in the bonus. So halfway through the launch, she switched her whole offer around and made the bonus like the main part of the offering. And the other stuff was just like, sort of like ditched or like it could be available, but it wasn't at all in the focus. And people started buying because now all of a sudden we talked about the things that they actually are interested in and care about and want. And that is, that's the difference of everything. If someone came up to you out of college or wanting to get into copywriting, what's something that you would tell them today that they would come back and thank you five years from now? Get out there and start reading. Like there are so many books. You can self-educate so much for very inexpensive. And then once you sort of know, you have like a gist of what you're interested in, then you start taking courses that are, you know, they, they're going to be a few thousand dollars. They're going to pay you back a million times. <laughs> but the first thing I think is like understanding the direction you want to go and, you know, reading books to at least get your feet wet and see which area is interesting to you. Go talk to people who were doing that job or that role as it is to see and maybe ask like, hey, do you mind if I like shadow you for a day or something like that virtually or however, maybe it's an in-person role. Understanding like giving yourself time to play with it a little bit and that experimentation time of like researching, talking to people, maybe even taking on a few jobs here and there, like a little small jobs to find out because sometimes what we think is interesting <laughs> is actually not very interesting to us in the end. But it's a breadcrumb, right? Like it's it's that process of discovery and giving yourself the freedom and time to to have it and explore and not expect yourself to like come out with this like there's a lot of sort of narrative, I think, especially in the online world, like, oh, you should be the six figure success out of nowhere. And it's like, no, most people are not like that. If they are, they already had a business, they know all this stuff, and they're just they just started a new business, right? So yeah, giving yourself the, the time to, to play around with it and seeing where it leads and sort of following the trail where it leads you. Who are some copywriters that inspired you? Some of them are my really good friends, like Rye Schwartz. If you haven't heard him, have, haven't heard from him, he's probably been written some of the best copy you've ever written. And he just opened a new program too, which is really, really cool. I'm super excited. If you're interested in copy, you should check out that one. Um, he's fantastic. I also just love looking at examples that are unusual. Like I really try to find examples outside of like, you know, people in my same niche to see what they're doing. Like I'm always interested at, in what Disney is doing. They're incredible marketers. They're also really into research, like 
if they're ever like, oh, do you mind doing a survey? I'm like, give it to me. They're like, it's 30 minutes. I'm like, I'm in. Like, <laughs> I want to know the questions you're asking because you spend billions on research. So looking for parallel, you know, industries that are not the same, but seeing what they're doing and going like, oh, how can I translate this into what I'm doing? Um, so sometimes it's not so much like one individual, but like looking at different companies, I think are doing things in an interesting way. Um, like for example, the Disney products, like it's crazy how so much of their marketing is like, it'll be a show. Like it's fun. People want to watch People are tuning in from mil- millions and millions of people are tuning in all over the world to watch a show. Cause it's like a firework show or whatever that they're streaming on Disney plus, but it's all about their actual parks and programs and, you know, memberships and stuff like that. So I love sort of like seeing how it's like, it's so layered. So it's not just like a obvious sales pitch, but it's, it's enjoyable and people want to pay attention. So that's such like a key piece in content where it, when you create something that people actively want to, to listen to and want to be a part of, then that gives you permission to talk about your offers in a way that people are so receptive to it. Because they're like, oh, yeah, it's like, tell me more. I'm interested in this. Um, That kind of changes the game when people are are genuinely interested out of their own volition. You said earlier, go read some copywriting books. What are some of those books that you would recommend? Oh, there are so many. Like, I literally, I went into a local bookstore the other day and I saw there was one, it was called like the big, I think it's like the big book of copy. It's like literally a brick. And I saw it and I was like, I need this. Like, yeah, if it's a book about copy, give it to me. Um, There's one called, I think it's the Copywriter's Handbook. I want to say it's by Robert Bly. That's a really great one to start with um, because it sort of covers like a whole bunch of different aspects of it. The Boron Letters fantastic book. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's old school, but it's, it's excellent. Like there's so many tips and tricks you will pick up simply by reading. Like sometimes it's not even reading a copy book per se, but just even reading anything and going, once you read it, you're like, why was this interesting to me? How did they tell the story in a way that I wanted to pay attention to it? Right. So realizing that you can pick up so many, um, stylistic copy, techniques that are not being used for copy and you know seeing how you can bring that home and include it in your own writing yeah i love that you said the boron letters gary halbert all these old school copywriters that had to actually get someone to go buy something and mail it in and mail in a a check or cash or which is crazy to think about now right now people just go on the internet and just purchase something but these copywriters had to persuade someone to get out of their house and go mail it in to buy something which is just crazy to think about that's why i suggest you read it because read these old school copywriters because they did some incredible things to make persuade people to do to do that Absolutely. Like me trying to mail a letter, it's like, it takes so much effort. (laughs) Even when there's no money involved, I'm just like, ah, what do you mean I have to leave my house? (laughs) And yeah, there's, there's a lot of tips and tricks you can use, even if you're not into direct response style copy, which is what we're going to get in those old school copywriters. Even if that's not your style, you're going to be able to see things that you can use in a way that works for you. It's at least if you have the tools, you can choose how you want to use it. 
One last thing I want to leave you with is uh, how could people find you? And this is your time to tell the audience a little bit about you and what you're up to right now. Um, so I'm normally on Instagram. I'm hello, Katie Momo. <laughs> I'm usually updating stories there every few days. I actually don't do a lot on social because I love to work by referrals. So I have like an influx of business coming in that way, which is so fun. I, If you're not into referrals, I highly recommend you include that as part of your business model. It's wonderful. If you want to get some amazing copy tips that you can use in your own work, you can go to katiemomo.com forward slash suite. It's the sweet sales bundle. There's a whole bunch of tools in there. It's like a mini course that you can get. There's some templates in there. It's a really great resource that you can use like today. You don't have, to, it's not going to take you a long time that you have to read it or like learn to apply it. There's things that you can literally like start copying and pasting into your work right now that you can see a measurable difference in your copy. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining. This has been super helpful and I had a fun chatting about copy. I love copy and I love what copywriters do. So thank you. Thank you so much for help, for having me. It's, I mean, I talk about this all day long. I love it. Like you said, thank you for letting me come on and be an elder millennial <laughs> on the millennial marketing podcast. If you want, you know, a campfire talk about Tamagotchis or dial up, I can definitely talk about that <laughs> elder millennial times. Um, but yeah, it's been such a pleasure. I know that, you know, you put, you do such great work. You bring such wonderful information to, you know, practical stuff that people can actually use. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And great to see you. And we'll talk soon. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing schools operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.